listener-supported radio. Talk that brings Christ to the world. Welcome to the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. It's Monday, February 5th, 2024. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Agatha, Virgin and Martyr. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning as we begin our Give from the Heart Winter Plus Drive. This is a, a big week uh, for football fans, of course, with Super Bowl 58 coming up uh, this uh, Sunday. Well, for us, this is our Super Bowl week. Uh, Relevant Radio truly is a spiritual family uh, made up of each and every one of you. And all this week, we're going to be asking you uh, to support our mission here at Relevant Radio of bringing Christ to the world through the media. That's what we do. And time and time again, you, our Relevant Radio family, have always been so amazing with your incredible support, uh, supporting our mission in a big-time way. Now, some of you have already donated early uh, with uh, nearly $146,000 in gifts already. Uh, Thanks so much to all of you for your generous support. I was uh, quite excited to look on the board and see our very first donation. Uh, We are officially on the board uh, here in this six o'clock hour, but we need your help. Once again, we need to raise $3 million uh, just to keep going for the next three months by 5 p.m. Friday. Uh, If you've been with us in the past, you know the drill. The co-patron of Relevant Radio, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, once said, It's not enough to know Christ. We must introduce him to others, and that's what we do here every single day. As Father Rocky uh, reminded us, uh, ever since uh, the November 2006 Pledge Drive, uh, we've prayed a memorari on the air at the beginning of each hour to beg Our Lady's intercession for relevant radio. In fact, that Pledge Drive was the first time that we actually uh, broke through the uh, $1 million mark. Uh, Thanks be to God. And so once again, uh, we begin here uh, this morning, this hour, uh, during this Pledge Drive week with the Memorari, invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, to help us with this Pledge Drive, and also for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, and for an end to abortion in our nation, and for all of your many, many uh, prayer requests. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio and my hero, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As always, I want to bring in our morning air team, Glenn and Sarah. Happy winter pledge drive. Can you guys believe three months have just uh, flown by, and uh, here we are. We're at it again. 
Yes, we are. A great opportunity to share with Relevant Radio and for us to team together. We're listener-supported. We depend on you, the world's greatest audience, to, to do this together. So we'll give you many opportunities through the course of the week, but also many great interviews to check in with and interact with uh, during the course of the week, too. But just so you have it, in case you forget, 877-291-0123 is the number. You can also make a pledge anytime online at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio mobile app. And, Glenn, uh, day one is always important because it really kind of sets the tone uh, for the whole week. And we uh, are the leadoff hitter for the entire network, so we set the tone uh, for this day. Absolutely. Uh, You know, so many good things get done when we get around to it. So uh, feel free to get us started and give from the heart this morning. For sure. And if you love coffee, uh, today's your day. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll have more details on that in a moment. Uh, Glenn, what are some of the big stories making headlines here this morning? Well, we're keeping an eye on the border, of course, and uh, so are senators. A bipartisan deal that would help with the border, as well as provide funding for Ukraine and uh, Israel. A full bill under $120 billion by a little bit. $20 billion go toward the border. It would provide aid, again, for Israel and Ukraine, as well as some other foreign policy priorities. Uh, in that deal, uh, asylum screenings would be raised. The practice known as catch and release, done away with. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, says he'll be bringing that to the floor this week. In the Senate, things look much more dim for passage in the House, John. Yeah, they look so dim uh, that the the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, basically said that uh, this deal is uh, dead on arrival. So uh, we'll stay tuned and see how it all plays out. Uh, Meanwhile, in Southern California, weather is uh, the big story this morning. Some serious weather storm hitting much of California. Several inches of rain from the Bay Area all the way down into Southern California. That'll be even harder hit today. Dangerous conditions in Orange County and San Diego today and tomorrow. Dana Griffin with NBC in Santa Barbara. This storm and the wet, the wetness from this storm is expected to dry out on Tuesday, but the threat of downed trees and landslides could remain for days. Eight Southern California counties under a state of emergency. Nearly 700,000 customers without power as of early this morning, and uh, now that's down a little bit, a bit over 600,000. But uh, uh, they kind of recommended yesterday people really uh, stay off the freeways in that area through this morning. And, of course, uh, we will be uh, praying for uh, all, all the people in Southern California, and many of whom are, are relevant radio listeners in our, in our stations in L.A., San Diego, that whole area. So uh, just uh, listen to the local authorities because uh, this is devastating weather, and they're expecting these, these huge floods and up to 90-mile-an-hour winds in some places. So uh, it is going to be a, a, a tough time. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in the NFL, uh, the Pro Bowl game, came down to the wire. The AFC's effort at at a game-winning drive ended unsuccessfully when the NFC defense made a stop at the three-yard line. Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud's throw to L.A. Chargers receiver Keenan Allen was defended by Chicago Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson with just four seconds left as heard on ESPN. Looks right. Incomplete looking for Allen. No flag. And the NFC rushes the field as they celebrate what will be a second consecutive Pro Bowl victory. And uh, the final was uh, 64 to 59 with the <laughs> NFC uh, winning it. And, you know, it's all for fun. They're, they're playing in their shorts. Uh, it's flag football. It's not the real thing. But those guys were having a good old time. Yeah, kind of uh, bringing the, the backyard game to TV almost literally there. Huh? 
Absolutely. And uh, we're going to be having some fun ourselves here all, all day long. And uh, we uh, will uh, take a short break. Uh, as always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Hey, sure thing, John. We're going to take a short break. Uh, on the other side, uh, pro-life attorney Mary Helen Fiorito will be with us uh, to talk about promoting the pro-life message. So stay with us as there is much more to come. We are just getting going here on Morning Air after this word from Relevant Radio CEO, Father Rocky. Wake me up before you go, go, don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go, go, I don't want to miss it. And welcome back to Morning Air as we continue with day one of our Give From the Heart Winner Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. It's good to be with you on this Monday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Our email, if you want to reach us directly, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. You might want to write down our number and put it in your phone. If you want to be part of the program, it's 888-914-9149. And of course, that number is uh, different than the Pledge Drive number. Now, um, no matter where we are, any one of us have opportunities to bring the hope, love, and faith that our Lord Jesus Christ gives us. And that's what we do here at Relevant Radio. And part of bringing Christ to the world through the media is sharing the pro-life message. And uh, that is a, a message that we are all made in the image and likeness of God, and every life matters. Our first guest here this morning, uh, joining us weekly to share the pro-life message uh, here on Relevant Radio. She also uh, does it at different speaking events all all across our country. Joining us live from uh, the Chicago area's Morning Air regular contributor, Mary Helen Fiorito, for much more on promoting the pro-life message. Mary is an attorney, public speaker, and commentator on issues involving Catholic Church teachings, administration, and religious freedom. She holds the position of the Cardinal Francis George Fellow at both the Ethics and Public Policy Center and the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. Good morning, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you. You are our lead-off hitter for our Winter Pledge Drive. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. That's a great privilege, and I'm so grateful to Relevant Radio for always making the pro-life issue and the, you know, as you said, our message that every human being matters, uh, allowing that message to be so prominent on your programming every week. And it's that's a real blessing. And it really helps people to stay up to speed on the issues. Because as we talk about pretty much every week, John, there's so much misinformation swirling around. And I think that's only going to get worse as we get closer to uh, the elections in November. So I'm very grateful always for the opportunity to kind of set the record straight and let your listeners know what the truth is. And uh, you do it uh, on a regular basis. Uh, We're always covering all the different pro-life issues that are going on. Uh, Why should our listeners here at Relevant Radio support uh, this platform uh, that promotes the culture of life? Well, think of how many places you can go where you are assured that you're getting information accurately and from a Catholic perspective, those two things combined. I mean, there's there's wonderful conservative talk radio out there, and you'll get facts there, but you won't get those facts brought to you from a Catholic perspective. And that's the beauty of Relevant Radio, that it takes those two things, our Catholic faith and the truth about, you know, current issues and moral issues, and brings them together so we're looking at them at the same time. And we're looking at them in the way the church would look at them, and hopefully we're, we're 
addressing them in the way that Christ would have wanted us to. So that that's a great gift because, as I said, many places out there where you can get great conservative, you know, talk radio now, but you're not going to get the, the faith perspective from it. And Mary, I know that uh, promoting uh, life is is very special to you. You, you once uh, uh, basically led the uh, office of uh, pro life for the Archdiocese of Chicago back in the early uh, days. Uh, what does it mean for you personally to uh, be on the front lines and promote uh, the culture of life? Well, you know, it's it really is a great privilege. I can't, you know, I have. It's really funny when I talk to some of my classmates from law school. You know, many of them are doing quite well financially. They're making a lot of money, um, but they often say to me, you know, I wish I could have the kind of job that you have. That must be so interesting and so exciting to be working on an issue like that. And you get to do it full time, not just, you know, on the weekends or in the evening, but that's your full time job. You really get to immerse yourself in that uh, particular issue. And, you know, it has legal components and ethical components and religious components. And, um, you know, they they like their jobs that they're doing, but they're kind of boring. And uh, it's it's a great privilege to be able to work on this issue in the way that I do and um, and to be so close to it and, and to watch history develop at the same time. I mean, my goodness, um, I've been working on this for 25 years and I was actually able to see in my lifetime the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Well, it's something that obviously uh, it was so special for all uh, people of, of faith and people who promote the culture of life uh, to, to see after uh, basically a half a century, uh, Roe finally being overturned. Um, not everybody has a national platform and, and speaks in public like, like you, and uh, I've had that opportunity uh, as well. What about just regular folks? Uh, how, how can you communicate uh, the pro-life issue uh, amongst, you know, regular listeners uh, that may not, uh, you know, be specialists uh, about the pro-life uh, cause? Oh, you know, I'm so glad you asked that question, John, because I, I remember to this day, the day that Roe versus Wade came down, uh, sorry, the day that Roe's, uh, um, uh, the case that overturned Roe, Dobbs versus Jackson came down, uh, the day that Roe was overturned, I was um, at a presentation with a colleague of mine who actually had uh, clerked for Justice Samuel Alito, who was the author of the Dobbs decision. And uh, he was asked, you know, what what do you think it was? What finally overturned Roe, why was it this particular case? And he said it wasn't any of the legal strategies, it, though they helped. It wasn't, you know, uh, this this proposal or that proposal. He said it was all of those people who year after year, you know, day in and day out, after the seven o'clock mass at their parishes, stayed and said the rosary to end abortion. That's what ended Roe versus Wade. He said it was every, you know, this is a this is a movement that from its very inceptions was a grassroots movement, but it was it was the prayers of those people who think, you know, they're nameless and faceless and, you know, you probably know them in your own parish, but that's what that's what overturned Roe. That, that's it. And, you know, giving all the credit, not giving any of the credit to the lawyers or anything else, but no, this this was this was an effort on behalf of people who think that they're just ordinary folks and can't do anything. Everybody can pray, and those collective prayers, the Lord took them and and heard them and answered them. So um, I, I don't want anyone ever to think that just because they don't do the pro-life work in the way I do it doesn't mean they're not doing something that's equally important. It's just a different, it's just a different rung on the ladder, if you will. 
Absolutely. Every one of us uh, can do our own uh, part in, in promoting life. Now, uh, you uh, had the, the opportunity uh, to speak uh, down at Ave Maria School of Law this past Friday. Uh, you, you were the, uh, one of the, the speakers, the uh, main speaker there at, at that conference. Uh, tell us about the, the event and uh, what was uh, your message that you, you shared uh, with the folks? Well, Ave Maria School of Law is simply a wonderful law school. And for any of your listeners, if you have kids or you yourself are thinking of going to law school, uh, go and visit Ave Maria School of Law and you will really see um, attorneys being formed in the Catholic tradition and, and taught how to think in the Catholic tradition. And, um, you know, I could go on about that forever, but they have an annual lecture called the Monsignor Lawrence Higgins Pro-Life Lecture. And I have been uh, privileged to be able to give that lecture for the last two years. And then it's followed by, you know, a march around Naples. And, um, you know, for me, it's always a bit living in Chicago to be able to go to Naples, Florida in February is also a great gift. So very hard to say no to, but um, I just really love the students there. They have a huge pro-life club, um, the Vita Society, and uh, we had a, a really terrific discussion. They scheduled it for the Feast of the Presentation, which is a pro-life feast in many ways, you know, when we, we celebrate Jesus being brought to the temple. And we know that you know, Mary and Jesus didn't have to go to the temple um, for that purification ceremony and to present Jesus because Jesus didn't need to be redeemed because he was the redeemer. And of course, Mary, being sinless, uh, didn't need to be purified. But you you look at how they made themselves subject to the law to be an example to all of us that we, we are all subject to a law of some sort, right? And so it, it was a wonderful example of our Lord and Our Lady in doing that. But um, I also kind of w looked back, I wanted to, you know, last year we, we talked a lot about, we were right in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision. So we were talking about what the future might look like. And so what I did was I went back and I looked at the last big Supreme Court decision that would have been this, you know, life-changing for the United States was the Brown versus Board of Education and that overturned Plessy versus Ferguson, which was the separate but equal doctrine. And in the years following uh, Brown, there was tremendous, tremendous backlash. And you had actual U.S. senators uh, creating something called, uh, the Democratic senators creating something called the mass resistance, where they publicly said, we will never integrate our schools in the southern states, and the Supreme Court can't make us do it. And this was an abuse of power by the court. And it was, oh, you know, all the same things. You could literally go back and see some of the statements that they make, and they're almost identical to things said by, you know, Amy Klobuchar and Chuck Schumer and, and the other senators who are resisting the implementation of Dobbs. So, you know, history always repeats itself, John. Deja vu all over again, as right. Yogi Berra said, which you reminded the folks. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to help them understand that, you know, in the long arc of history, when there's a seismic decision like this, um, there's going to be resistance and things just smoothly don't fall into place within a couple of years. It took it took a good 10 years, I think, before uh, most of the schools in the South were uh, finally segregated. So we, we've got we still got an uphill battle um, in terms of trying to uh, keep pro-life laws implemented. Um, and so but that is not that is not unusual and we shouldn't we shouldn't be discouraged by that by people saying oh look now you've lost these ballot initiatives people don't want you know a, a pro-life america well people didn't want to segregate desegregated america either it took a long time 
but you know it it the justice the arc of history tends towards justice and tends towards the right so i i hope that i gave them all some encouragement and i hope that i've given you some as well this morning you absolutely have and uh, we continue to battle in this fight uh, for life uh, as always thanks so much uh, mary really appreciate you being with us all right goodbye uh, guys and have a great week god Th- bless you thanks again uh, we need to take a short pause when we come back a catholic author and professor of theology annabelle mosley will be with us to talk about saint bridget of kildare stay with us as uh, we continue this is the relevant radio winter pledge drive give from the heart give from the heart And welcome back to Morning Air as uh, we continue with day one of our Relevant Radio Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. It's great to be with you on this Monday morning. Our email, if you want to reach us directly, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may attain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us that the spiritual life is like an athletic competition, a sporting event, using the language of sports. NFL players fight and prepare to win a crown like the Chiefs and the 49ers in the upcoming Super Bowl 58 looking for that coveted Lombardi trophy. But as spiritual athletes for Christ, our goal is the crown of eternal life, an incorruptible crown with our Lord Jesus Christ, our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, and all the angels and saints in heaven for all eternity. I want to encourage you to run the race of life and run to win with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we always pray with great confidence from the chaplet of divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, as you may know, the patron saint of Ireland is St. Patrick, uh, but uh, do you know who is the patroness of Ireland? Uh, We just had her feast just a few days ago, back on February the 1st. Our next guest is here to talk about her, and I'll give you a clue. Uh, This saint was actually a miracle girl. Joining us live uh, from uh, the Big Apple from New York City is uh, Morning Air contributor Professor Annabelle Mosley with much more on St. Bridget of Kildare, the saint of hope and consolation for February, and uh, a few other saints that we honor this month. Uh, Annabelle Mosley is the author of three Catholic books, including Awake with Christ, Living the Catholic Holy Hour in Your Home. She's a professor of theology, third order Carmelite, a wife and a mother. Annabelle is also the founder of CatholicHolyHour.com. You can join CatholicHolyHour.com this Lent uh, for Thursdays in the Garden, a seven-week Lenten vigil with Jesus of Gethsemane. Good morning, Professor Annabelle. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It is a joy uh, to be with you once again here on uh, day one of our uh, Winter Pledge Drive. Oh, good morning, John. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, Professor, as you well know, uh, our mission is to bring Christ to the world uh, through the media. And in doing that, we also talk about the saints uh, on a regular basis. Uh, Why should our listeners uh, uh, support uh, from the heart uh, the mission of Relevant Radio? You know, John, I, I really love how Relevant Radio supports and champions the family. Um, my children just wait for 
each episode of The Merry Beggars. Uh, we love the family rosary across America with Father Rocky. Um, and now with The Merry Beggars, I, every new episode, the, the kids just get so excited. Um, you know, they were just on the edge of their seat with St. Patrick's story. And with uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, they had tears in their eyes. It really has been such a a beautiful addition to our, our family routine. And we're so grateful. I know the feeling. Believe me, I sat in my car and tears were coming out of my eyes listening to the final episode of Carol Wojtyla, uh, Pope John Paul II on The Merry Beggars. It was just so moving and so powerful. But this is just one example of what we do here and why our listeners uh, should uh, give from the heart and open their heart and, and really support what we're doing. And uh, I so much appreciate you coming on with us on a regular basis every month uh, to do exactly uh, that. Um, here in, uh, in the upcoming month of March, we, of course, celebrate uh, St. Patrick, uh, the patron saint of Ireland. But uh, in here in, in the month of February, we, we celebrate the patroness of Ireland, uh, St. Bridget of Kildare. Can you uh, fill us in and tell us about St. Bridget? Sure. And, you know, if you were in Ireland today, John, today is actually the day that it's the public bank holiday. So kind of like we have Martin Luther King Day here in America. And on that Monday, there's the, you know, the schools are closed and the banks are closed, the post office. That's what it's like today in Ireland. So today is the day they're celebrating her with a day off. <laughs> she's uh, she's the patroness of Ireland. She is actually declared a national saint of Ireland, along with St. Patrick and St. Columba. And 2024 is really a banner year for those seeking the intercession of St. Bridget of Kildare, because it's the 1500th anniversary of, of being born to eternal life, of her feast day, of her, of the day she went home to God. So it's, it's almost like a special time to have devotion to her. Um, Bridget founded the Abbey of Kildare, several convents of nuns. And so she's really a patron saint of all the Irish people spread throughout the world. There was that famous Irish diaspora, the great spreading of so many Irish refugees and immigrants everywhere. And, and so many people can claim some Irish heritage. And as we always say at St. Patrick's Day, you know, it's something about the Irish spirit that's really uh, infectious to all and very inviting to all. Um, so she's the patron saint specifically not only of the Irish, but of all newborn babies, of midwives, of children whose parents aren't married or who's, who were given up for adoption, um, of scholars and poets and travelers. And, and she just has so many beautiful, um, just special prayers and, and ways to seek her intercession. So, so she was born in the fifth century to a, a pagan chieftain and an enslaved woman. And many believe that she'd become Catholic through the preaching of St. Patrick. So St. Patrick actually influenced Bridget's family. It, only fitting. <laughs> the, 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 the two <laughs> patrons of Ireland w would be uh, connected. Is, is that part of the reason why uh, she's so special and so loved in Ireland, uh, St. Bridget? I think so. You know, she's she was known for her generosity from the time she was a little girl. Uh, once when she was just a child, <clears throat> excuse me, she gave away all of her mother's butter. <laughs> there was a, a needy person and she was just a kid and she gave all of her mother's butter away. But then because they were poor themselves, she prayed and asked for her mother's butter to be restored. And it was. So there were all these miracles from the time she was a girl. Um, and she once blessed a cow. It had been milk dry. And there were all these starving people that had nothing to eat. She blessed the cow, and suddenly there was 10 times as much and butter for everyone. And my favorite story of 
when she was starting out, is St. Bridget asked uh, a local king for some land. She wanted to build her monastery. And she assured him, oh, it'll only be a little bit of land. You know, it won't be too much. In fact, it'll only be as much as my cloak can cover. So the king laughed at her and said, all right, if it's only as much as your cloak can cover, you may have it. Once he agreed, she put her cloak down, she prayed to God, and before the king's very eyes, the cloak grew, and it covered as much land as she needed for her monastery. So this explains why uh, many called her the miracle girl. Uh, I want to open up the phone lines. If you have a special uh, devotion to St. Bridget, the patroness of Ireland, we're taking your calls for a Catholic author, uh, Professor Annabelle Mosley, uh, on our toll-free line at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short uh, time out as uh, we continue our discussion with Professor Annabelle. Stay with us. There is more to come here on Morning after this relevant radio miracle moment. Radio miracle moment. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Thank you. I'm new to the faith. I was afflicted with drug addiction for 10 years, but I've been sober now for seven. I was also afflicted with sex addiction. Uh, I want to start by saying pornography is the most dangerous drug for your mind. The danger of it is it wires your brain in such a fashion that you become engulfed with this fallacy of entitlement, that you are entitled to lust, that you feel no one else, especially your spouse and children, have any say in. I realized the external sources around me were too great. Uh, I cut out social media. I cut out FM radio, switched to AM radio, and just started scrolling where I found relevant radio. and. I've been listening to your show for about three or four months now. I'm just hooked on Relevant Radio. Support our mission at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. There was a wise woman where all agreed. Some call her Bridget, some call her Breed. She grew up kind and she liked a joke and she always wore a wee small clothes. How special is that as we continue to talk about uh, St. Bridget of Kildare, uh, Kildare, Ireland, the saint of hope and consolation here for this month of February as we continue our conversation with Professor Annabelle Mosley. Um, Professor, how are the Irish people celebrating their patroness, and how do they typically do it every year? Well, you know, now it's just recent in the last year or two, I want to say two years now, they finally made the bank holiday. So it's now a year that everyone can look forward to, you know, closures of school and that kind of thing. Um, also, the school children famously, I mean forever, I'd say for at least 100 years, school children in Ireland have been famously making the St. Bridget Cross on February 1st, uh, or somewhere in the beginning of February. Um, and that actually, and you know, also 2024, this is a banner year. St. Bridget's relics have finally returned home to her beloved Kildare. They were moved about and hidden and kind of relocated for years because of Viking invasions and the Protestant persecutions. So uh, it's this year that her relics finally came back to Kildare. So it's really a banner year. But you know that St. Bridget cross that the kids make, and they've been making for so long in Ireland. Um, it's made out of reeds or rushes. It looks a little bit like, you know, what we use to make a palm cross on Palm Sunday. Sure. And, you know, John, one of the most beautiful stories of St. Bridget has to do with this cross. She was asked to come to the sickbed of a dying pagan chieftain 
Many believe that that chieftain was her own father. And he wanted nothing to do with Christianity. She sat at his bedside and she tried to comfort him and he was very resistant. So she picked up some rushes from the floor. Back then, all the floors were made of rushes, kind of like this palm substance. She picked up the rushes and she started talking to him and just shaping the rushes into the form of a cross. Now, the chieftain looked at this and said, what are you doing? What is that? And Bridget calmly and gently used it as a visual aid to catechize him. She started telling him the story of Christ upon the cross. And, you know, just before he took his last breath, this chieftain was baptized. Um, so so we really should seek St. Bridget's intercession. Anybody we want to pray for, um, the conversion of souls and dying. But maybe there's someone in our life that we know who's in need of, of a sacrament, a baptism, uh, a final repentance, of confession, even of last rites. St. Bridget is a great go-to saint. She she really walked the walk herself. And I know she's really uh, special uh, to you. You you have a, a beautiful connection to St. Bridget. Can you share that with us? Oh, my connection to St. Bridget. You know, my own father died when I was a little girl. Um, he died on February 1st. And you know, John, this is one of the beautiful treasures of our Catholic faith. There's always these wonderful almost like breadcrumbs left by our Lord leading us back to him. It took me, oh, I'd say 20 years before I figured out. I looked at February 1st and I realized it was the Feast of St. Bridget. You know, my own father was born in Ireland. And here it was, St. Bridget, the feast, you know, the feast day that he was brought home to God. Um, my father, who was born in Ireland, was, you know, I, I feel that her intercession helped carry him home. So, um... It's just amazing, these these connections. And I started to pray to her, and it gave me great consolation, uh, even though I lost him. And I, you know, there's not one year I don't miss him, not one day. But on his feast day, I pray to St. Bridget, and I, I just know that, that she was there at his bedside when he was dying, just the way she was at her own father's. Thanks. Uh, I really, really uh, love that you shared that special connection that you have with your dad and uh, and St. Bridget. Real quick, uh, wait, about 30 seconds, can you tell us about your Thursdays in the garden? Oh, I'd love to. So this Lent, please join us at catholicholyhour.com. It's totally free. Sign up today. It's a seven-week Lenten vigil with Jesus of Gethsemane. We are going to have, each Thursday, I'm going to send out uh, a new email with uh, an at-home holy hour, you can pray at home, that watches and prays with our Lord in Gethsemane. And your holy Thursday will never be the same. We're going to make each of our hearts his altar of repose. That's at catholicholyhour.com, Thursdays in the Garden. It's going to be so beautiful. I really hope you'll join us. Only nine days left until Ash Wednesday. Thanks so much, Professor Annabelle. Always a joy to be with you. God bless you, John. Many blessings to you. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today, a giving story for our relevant radio give from the Heart Pledge Drive. The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. There once was a tree, and she loved a little boy. And every day the boy would come, and he'd gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He'd climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples. They'd play hide-and-go-seek, and when he was tired, he'd sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much, and the tree was happy. But time went by, and the boy grew older. The tree was often alone. Then one day the boy came to the tree, and the tree said, Come, boy. Come and climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and eat apples and 
play in my shade and be happy. I'm too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you'll have money and you'll be happy. And so the boy climbed the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away. And the tree was happy, but the boy stayed away for a long time. And the tree was sad. Then one day the boy came back and the tree shook with joy. She said, Come, boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife and I want children, and so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house, but you may cut off my branches and build a house, and then you'll be happy. So the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy, but the boy stayed away for a long time. And when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered, come and play. I'm too old and sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Well, cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree, and then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away, and the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I'm sorry, boy, said the tree. I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I'm too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, said the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I'm just an old stump. I'm sorry. I don't need much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I'm very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could, an old stump's good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down, sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. Matthew six nineteen to 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. One of my all-time uh, favorite uh, scriptures. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest and Cubs chaplain, will join us to talk about Lent as a spiritual spring training. Plus, uh, coffee drinkers, uh, listen up. You're going to meet uh, Brad Fassbender, the founder of Guadalupe Roastery, who will be with us in studio to discuss how we can help relevant radio and coffee farmers in Nicaragua. Uh, stay with us. There is uh, much more to come next hour as we uh, continue with day one of our relevant radio give from the heart winter pledge drive. <laughs> 